What's up, movie fans and Netflix bingers? This is the Bros Who Binge podcast. My name is Adam Schubert, and as always, I'm joined by Lennon Burton. It is the first episode of season two of The Mandalorian, uh, so we'll get to talk about that. And um, I'm super excited about that, Lennon. What about you? You, you know, it's been a while, but you know, we're gonna get to talk about it. I am super, super excited. Yeah, man, we're we're, we're moved to Thursdays. The show now drops on Thursdays, so hopefully, our fan faithful. You know, be excited that we're about to review Mandalorian. We got a might have to news. jump on your Twitch stream mm-hmm. when we get down down the line. And and just put, I don't know how like, long I can can wait. Do live shows? Yeah, no, we could definitely do that and put like out extra video content that could that could work. Y'all, let us know what y'all think because like late nights with Lynn Monday. Uh, we didn't get to go today because I had some shit, but I'll be doing it tomorrow. Monday, Wednesdays, Fridays, and Sundays. So we could definitely do a watch party and we can watch it on Twitch. That's the thing. So yeah, yeah. we could do like live reactions or whatnot, but definitely, definitely excited to talk about this and excited to be back talking movies. We got to get there. We got to, uh, now that we're in November, that pitching match gotta happen. Gotta happen. It's time. Oh yeah. We're, we're running out of time. So that, yeah, we got to finish up the season. That's gotta, we'll figure that out. And that, either, know, Charles is gonna, ba- either Charles is going to battle or take a, or take a fucking disqualification. It's just it's time. We'll we'll give him a couple more weeks, but like I'm ready to bust Jake's ass. Like I'm I'm ready to get it going. But besides that, solid lot of notes and glad Uh, to be here. When when it comes to pitch it, I would say that you're really lucked out at the end here because we haven't really had many of the anime questions come up. So I know a lot of a lot are still on the board. I know I'm ready. I am excited. Like I, I do have a lot of stuff I've been watching, but I'm gonna save those for the movie on the rise because mm-hmm. I did drop a new video about one of the uh, shows. We'll talk about that on movie on the rise. But I'm trying to think, what else I've been watching? I finished Seinfeld. That's done. I feel like I watched something new that like I really liked. It was a comedy. I'm trying to think what it is. Was it what? I think it was Emily in Paris. Maybe. Oh, God. I think it was. Maybe I don't. I don't know what it was. I, I watched that and something else. I'm forgetting what the other thing was, but I really, I, I enjoyed Emily in Paris. I didn't think it was bad. I was watching a little bit of that show Happen Leonard with uh, our boy from Lovecraft Country. Um, oh man, the dad, Tick's dad. Oh, okay. Um, um, uh, Michael K. Williams. Yeah. Nice. And, um, you know, just a lot of Naruto Shippuden Shippu- or is it yeah, Shippuden? You said it right, Naruto Shippuden. Yeah. I mean, so wait, I'm, so you watched the new Forged in Fire? Is that like it's an original new new show now, huh? Yeah, I mean, uh, the first episodes are like a it's a back to back double episode thing. It's a long road to redemption, so it's like a seven past competitors. That's know, fine. Compete against each other, coming for redemption. Um, yeah, and then all the rest of them are normal. Like, wait, we got a new host? Honestly, I don't, I don't know. But this is the the guests or the judges are all the same. Oh, I think it's the same host because this guy just looks like Will Will Willis. All right, cool, cool. Yeah, I was about to say they can't get rid of Will Willis. All right, Ben, I'm watching this as soon as we finish. I forgot that was out. I'm excited. Yeah. That was your movie on the rise last week, bro. It was. You're right. It's been a long week, man. It's been a long week. Yeah. Like a lot of when we we're not a that type of pod, but yeah, a lot and of stuff we, has been going on in the world. Well, a lot of stuff has been going on in the world. You know, we've been adjusting to the new schedule. Yep. Um, but because of that 
time space, we've got a lot of news stories to get to this week. So if, uh, if you're ready, I'm ready. Yeah, let's get started. So the big news that came out in the middle of last week was uh, a big Marvel story that Oscar Isaac is going to be the titular character Moon Knight in the Moon Knight what series? Yeah, in the series. It's going to be lit. That's that's big news because Moon Knight is a very popular character in Marvel. He is this Batman-esque character. And but he's look, got like a little bit of uh, mystical to him. Yeah, with he got the, some mystical uh, magic. to like Egyptian. Yeah, to Egyptian gods. Gods. To, yeah. Yep. So it's going to be pretty interesting. It's going to be it's going to be interesting to see, especially now with Blade. We have this. Are we going to get some Marvel Knights style team movie with them trying to do new Avengers? Avengers like this just makes sense where we get the young kid team, the normal team, and then like the adult centric team, kind of like the, the grittier tone team. Now, another mixture that you could think about with that is because, you know, we saw like Netflix do the Defender stuff and Netflix gave their rights back for Daredevil back to Marvel. Yeah. You know, maybe Daredevil is someone that could maybe appear in a Moon Knight or maybe some, maybe they want to do He's Daredevil. a Marvel Knight too, him and Punisher. They both are. So I'm Blue, thinking, yeah. Blade and Moon Knight. It's, the, it's those Yeah, guys. so, you know, maybe they try and do Defenders with, you know, that crew, but not the Defenders, obviously, but, you know, what you're saying. Um, but yeah, I mean, I think that getting Oscar Isaac is huge. I mean, I didn't realize that he'd be wanting to be a part of this. I didn't think he was going um, back to Disney, to be honest. Oh, I mean, I thought he would go back to Disney. I mean, his character was very well received, honestly. But he, he was one of those people that was talking shit after. Like it was, it was all three of them were talking shit. Well, I mean, he could have gotten more. I mean, mm-hmm. you know, he was supposed to be the Han Solo, but like, you know, he really just didn't do much. But, um, I mean, yeah, I think that, you know, maybe him moving into this as a series instead of like a movie is like what interests him. But yeah. like, I'm, you know, seeing him being a part of like stuff like Dune and some of the other movies that he has coming out, I was just surprised that he would step into TV. Or back to just blockbusters in general. Like, I just yeah. don't, Oscar Isaac is a great actor. I just didn't know he was going to go down the blockbuster path. You know what I mean? Like, first we get Dune, Star Wars, now this. It seems like he is going for big budget movies, bro. Like, it seems like his small movie days are over. I guess so. And I mean, like, I, what I was expecting out of the Moon Knight casting was someone who would want to be Moon Knight for a long stretch of time. So I'm hoping that's the case. Because um, I'd rather, like, we've, talking, we've already been talking about things that would happen outside of the original Moon Knight series. So I'd like to see that come to fruition. But I mean, I think that this is one of the more interesting characters that have come out of the, uh, the slate announcements and so you know adding Oscar one of the better Isaac, Marvel castings like if we're gonna be yeah. honest this is a big this is a big deal like this and Jonathan Majors are setting them up with like premier premier talent like granted Chris Evans like Robert Downey Jr. was premier talent but like mm-hmm. at the time when we found out about Chris Evans Anthony Mackie Sebastian Stan Chris Hemsworth they were all like not necessarily premier talent. You don't start getting the premier till you see like Chadwick Boseman, Brie Larson, and now Oscar Isaac. So it's like, okay, they're really I mean, you could stepping even it up. Argue in a lot of ways, not with Brie because Brie had already come off room, 
but like Chadwick was, you know, he'd come off like 42, but I mean, he hadn't really like stepped into like a role where people were like seeing him as more of the niche biopic actor. Yeah. True. Um, you know, Mark Ruffalo was probably one of your bigger name guys, but I mean, Ruff- he even had Mark to come Ruffles- in and fill in for Ed Norton. He was so. the biggest name, but he was more so like a character actor in like, I'm trying to like Mark m- before Hulk. Let me see. Cause I think he Zodiac. did Zodiac. Yeah, he did Zodiac. Mm-hmm. But I'm trying to think of like what else he did. Cause the question is, did Hulk blow him up or did he, was he blown up before Hulk? Cause he got spotlight in 2015, but that's post, that's post Hulk. Let me see. And I think Shutter Island was post Hulk. So it would have been post him being Hulk, but okay. pre Avengers. Yeah, it's definitely pre Avengers. Well, no, he wasn't Hulk in Televengers because Edward Norton was That's in his movie. Okay, so yeah. Mark well, didn't he do the Hulk, the Hulk before Ed Norton? Uh-uh, it was, it was uh, Eric Bana in the original one. No, that was like way old, but there was a, another Hulk movie. Yeah, that was with Ed Norton. Yeah, that's the MCU one. Yeah, he didn't take over till the Avengers. So yeah, okay, yeah. Mark Mark Ruffalo is probably the biggest actor pre uh pre uh oh yeah, yeah 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 pre like this Avengers thing. Him and Robert Downey Jr. I'd say were the two, and I guess Benedict Cumberbatch is a pretty big actor too. So like Downey, Cumberbatch, Ruffalo, and Larson were probably like their biggest actors. Sure. And a lot of them have, uh, well, at least Benedict Cumberbatch has something big coming in, down the way. Um, but, you know, I think, you know, Moon Knight's a little bit far out, but just the idea that we already have like a face to attach to it. I mean, it's really going to come out down to the execution at this point, because you know that you have the actor to be able to pull whatever off. I'm just so, interested to see if Oscar Isaac can get that dark and get that like that psychotic, like schizophrenic style that is mark specter uh ex ex mahina you know yeah he was good next see maybe that's just me just still lingering on the the shia labeouf rumors because i think shia would have been like an amazing moon night but back to your point about doing multiple movies i don't think shia was down for that yeah i think shia is would be interested in maybe jumping into this like you know not not this and being moon night this being like the comic book blockbuster movie deal but like i think he would more want to be you know the offshoot character or one and done yeah really like yeah one and done that's what i'm saying like you know come in for one movie maybe be the villain you know something like that's a fact and so and like we could see there's multiple teams that we could see oh he wasn't the defender so if they want to bring that back that marvel knights is the one i was talking about heroes for hire along with luke cage and iron fist so there's a lot of things they can do to bring this in He's a expert detective, martial artist. You to utilize high tech. So yeah, he's basically like a little mystical Batman. He has moon rings instead of batarangs. That's a <laughs> yeah, fact. Yeah, I mean, yeah, I think you know having a little bit of more of a mystical element to him is going to be what sets him apart in like this new decade of Batman. Because mm-hmm. you know that you really do have to kind of set yourself apart from Batman. Um, this fact. like during this generation, so. You know, I'd be interested to see how it does it. Like I said, you know, Oscar Isaac is going to be able to pull off whatever direction. It's just all going to depend on the direction. Yep, 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 yep. I'm trying Ugh. to see his his other powers. I don't know why they're not giving this to me. Um, I think, the, oh, here we go. Got him, got him. So, yeah, just to tell everybody a little bit about Moon Knight and what he can do. He has, uh, 
Let's see. God damn it. I hate when this shit does this. But basically, he has, like, super... He has, like, enhanced strength, enhanced speed, enhanced durability. He's, like, a super soldier. But, but he also man. has, like, some kind of stealth. Yeah, he has some power. stealth shit. Yeah. Yeah. So, it's going to be interesting to see how they pull this off. But I'm I'm into it. I'm hype. So, you know. Right. And, and he has, like, this glider cloak that can make him fly or whatever. It's going to be interesting to see if they how much they use. Because, like you said... How is Marvel going to be different from Batman? Because a lot of his origins and a lot of the way he does things is very Batman-esque. But I'm high, man. Now, he does have, like, a little bit of, like, an edge to him different than Batman, where it's, like, borderline tech night with the boys, where it's, like, he has, like, some temperamental... Mm-hmm. He, he'll he's, kill, too. He's bipolar kill, schizophrenic, too. He'll kill. He'll go a little wild, you know. That's a fact. He'll he'll curse. You know, Batman doesn't do that. But I mean, doubt that if you know they're gonna do this on the Disney Plus series, that's gonna happen. Yeah, that's it. That's what we gotta wait and see. But you know, they Disney said they're gonna be gearing more towards streaming, so maybe that means they're gonna be trying to put out all types of content on there. But they're going to need it. I mean, hey, they uh they acid burn people in Mando, so yeah. Spoilers. We'll get to that. (laughs) Um. So the next story is a little small one because we talked about Bullet Train last week uh, with Brad Pitt and Aaron Taylor Johnson. Didn't realize that Joey King's also in that. Uh, but Brian Tyree Henry just got cast this week nice. to join that's a good, the ensemble. So I think that's a pretty good group. That is. That's a very good cast. Love Brian Tyree Henry and what he does. You put him with Brad King, Aaron Taylor Johnson, and Joey King. I'm excited for this This movie. little assassin flick. Yep, I'm excited for this movie. This movie sounds good. So shout out to shout out to BTH. But next up, an Assassin's Creed live action series is currently in development at Variety at Netflix. Variety has learned. Are you excited for this? Sort of. You know, seeing what's been done with The Witcher kind of gives we, you. We, a, we keep going back to that, and I feel like I do. I talk about that show on every show that I do that talks about movies and TVs when I'm trying to defend Netflix's live action. I always bring up, well, they did well with The Witcher, but like... Well, The Witcher is what matches up the closest to Assassin's Creed. It's a video game property moving into live action. You know, the Assassin's Creed movie didn't pan out well, but the issue with the Assassin's Creed movie is that they were trying to tell in a movie what was in this video game, which spans multiple hours of playtime. And the thing is, it's like... The movie, granted, the the what happens in the real world is important, but like the movie spent too much time explaining that. Whereas if mm. a TV show, we'll be able to ease into like understanding that like there's two different backdrops. There's the assassin world where he goes back in time into his conscience of one of his relatives, and then there's the corruption going on with the corporation in the present day so the question is how much money are they going to put into it because present day is basically blade runner looking place and like the past is the past so it's like they got to put in a good bit of money to make this look good but if they do it right this could be special because assassin's creed was always a good story it was just the execution that was the problem personally what i would like to see them do with it is I would like for them to tell the story of the, the game in 10 episodes, because, you know, assuming that it's going to be 10 or 8. Um, but, like, let's say that, you know, you get to season one is, like, that first time, you know, that the Italian stuff. And, well, know, there's more, like, that's, uh, that's Assassin's Creed 1, and then you go back for 2 and you deal with Enzio, another Italian, and then you go to 3, and it's the conclusion of the Italian story. 
Yeah. So maybe like that's what happens in like, you know, let's say the first three seasons. And then, you know, eventually once they get down the line, they can do like the, you know, the Revolutionary Flags. War, yeah. Black Flag. The the new Viking one that's coming out. They have a lot. Look, there's a lot of source material and that would be something that'd be interesting to me. But they got to nail the they got to nail the beginning portion. Like I got to see blades coming out of this dude, like come here and grab him by the neck and hit, hit him with the, the hidden blade. And then he got to do like the big dive into the hay. I, like, there's certain things I got to see. Now, I don't know who they would put into I this. I kind of want a no-name. I don't know if I want a no-name, but I don't want, like, a, a, a cabal. You know, I don't yeah. want, like, the someone o- that... The only person that's kind of a name that I would like, but he's not that big of a name, is Ben Barnes. No, see, that's what I'm saying. Like, Ben Barnes is someone that, like, I've, I could have pictured being other things. Like, we talked about him as Batman. You know, he's someone that I think could jump in and carry the role successfully like i'm more worried about if you put a no-name actor into the series that really is kind of banking on needing to be successful just don't know if like you can rely on that that's true that's a good point yeah no i definitely like ben barnes he looks the part he's he has physicality i think he could pull it off but assassin's creed we got some more netflix gaming news later in the rumors but excited for that next up we got Ty Sheridan, Tom Hardy, Stephen James, Bill Skarsgård, Pete Davidson, Ashton Sanders, uh, Martin Sesamir, uh, Moses Arias, and Angus Cloud have been set as the impressive ensemble for the Vietnam movie The Things They Carried, which is based off of an adaptation of Ten O'Brien's acclaimed collection of stories about a platoon of young soldiers in their experiences on the front lines of uh, Vietnam. And I heard about this story. And I was interested when I saw the cast, but the thing that kind of puzzles me is the person that's doing it, the Snow White and the Huntsman director. And yeah, Rupert like, Sounders. It's like, ooh, I don't know about that guy. Yeah, it's a little iffy, but I think, you know, the guys that they're putting into this, I mean, you know, Bill Sarsgaard, I think is going to be really well suited for a Vietnam movie. Pete Davidson as well. Um, Tom, Tom Hardy, Hardy. I mean, it's I'm sure he's anything. the leader of the crew. Yeah, Ty Sheridan is definitely going to be, you know, young another boy. big one in there. I think, but... I think Ashton Sanders is good from Moonlight, Moonlight as well. Sure. And then seeing like young guys like Angus Cloud and from Euphoria, who I really liked, come in. Yes. This. And then seeing Moses Argus from Hannah Montana. Seen that guy in like years. I thought back. he was like a crackhead. <laughs> he's just a musician. He was just he's just getting high with Jaden Smith, doing all kind of shrooms and acid all the time. But he's back, man. I'm excited. You know, yeah, so, like, I, I mean, I thought so. Like, I saw a picture. Maybe I'm thinking of, uh, what's his name, Mitchell Musso. No, yeah, Mitchell but, Musso's bad off. <laughs> Mitchell Musso is bad off. But, look, the cast is too great for me not to watch this. Again, I have issues with the director. And the source material is great, though. That's the thing. Yeah, exactly. I mean, I think that this move well this story like kind of pops out at you it's just like with all these names there you're definitely gonna want to catch eyes on it if anything just to see like how their acting performances go because if you know for people like angus cloud let's say like we've only really seen him do stuff in euphoria like if he comes out here and like balls out like regardless whether the movie's good yeah give some opportunities yeah Big step in some for Ty Sheridan, too, because, like, coming out of Ready Player One, that's probably the most juice he's had. Like, that's probably the biggest he's been since, like, X-Men. So this is, like, important for him. 
No, yeah, Ty Sheridan has really kind of needed something. It's, it's kind of important for Ty, Ashton Sanders, and Angus Cloud because Ashton Sanders coming off of Moonlight, he hasn't really done too much since then. So this is like another thing for to get him into the foreground as well. I mean, I, th- I think for Pete Davidson as well, just for the fact that like this kind of like is different than what we've seen from him before. He's finally going into the acting realm with, with King of Staten Island, Suicide Squad, now this. Yeah, you're right. It's big for Pete too. Yeah, I mean, just depending on how serious his role is. The only person, the only people who shouldn't be worried about it is Tom Hardy and Bill Skarsgård. No, they're going to kill it. Yeah, they're going to do that. They're, they're going to do what they do always. So excited for that. Next up, we got Deadline has confirmed that Netflix has acquired worldwide rights to Ricky Stobbs' feature debut, Concrete Cowboy. Oh, I heard about this. I was kind of excited, but now I'm seeing the description. I don't know. Idris Elba in Stranger Things, K-Star Caleb McLaughlin uh, is starring. A release date has not been set, but it's looking like 2021. The father-son drama made its world premiere at TIFF last month. It's set amongst the North Philadelphian urban cowboy subculture, inspired by real-life Fletcher Street Stables, a black urban sports horsemanship community, and the novel Ghetto, Ghetto Cowboy by Gary, I mean by Greg Neary. The story follows 15-year-old Cole, uh, Cole Caleb McLaughlin, who is taken to lie, uh, live with his strange father, Harp Elba, torn between his growing respect for his father's community at the stables and re-emerging friendship with his troubled cousin. Cole begins to reprioritize his life as the stables themselves are threatened by encroaching gentrification. See, when I, let me tell you where I'm at with this. When I heard about this concrete, when you just hear Concrete Cowboy with Idris Elba and Caleb McLaughlin, I'm like, yo, are we getting a Western? Are we getting a space Western? I'm down. Let's get some action. Then I found out it was this drama nonsense. But granted, cool premise because I know there's definitely horsemanship communities in Louisiana with black people that like go on trail rides, that do all this. So that community does exist. And to learn more about it would be cool. But it just wasn't what I was expecting. Also, Caleb McLaughlin got to stop playing people under uh, 15 years old because that dude is 18 now with mustache, goatee. Caleb McLaughlin is now a man. So it's like, bro, I want to see stuff from you. Like once I found out he was 18, I was like, yo, how old is Finn and Millie and all these peeps? Like how are Stranger Things going to work this year? Are they going to be in high school? They have to be. Yes. They are going to be in high school. Yeah. All right. Then that's lit. That's lit. Okay. No more hate from this guy about that. But no, I mean, I, I. I have confidence in Stranger Things 4, but I completely agree with you with uh, Caleb and um, playing young young characters. When I haven't found out that he was supposed to be playing a 15-year-old in the story, I'm like, isn't that, yeah, isn't that dude like 18? He's like, 18. He just turned 18. And so, he's not I'm, one of those people that look like super young, like Gatton or Gaten, uh Mazzella. Gaten, or what? Yeah. yeah, he looks young. Gaten and I forget who he plays, and uh, Gaten Matarazzo. He looks super, super young. Like, he could still play a kid. Caleb? Yeah. No way. And I'm thinking Millie too old, looking too old, too. Millie does not look like no 13-year-old girl anymore. I'm sorry. And uh, Finn Wolfhard has that awkward 18, 19-year-old white dude look. That, like, is like, kind of like a nerd who's all lanky. Like, he doesn't look like a kid. And to me, Noah Schnapp doesn't look like a kid. So all these kids, they're not kids anymore. <laughs> yeah. And doesn't that make you feel old? It does. It definitely does. It definitely, definitely does. Like when, and like the only reason why I saw that because Zion posted Caleb McLaughlin's like 
Instagram post from his birthday. And like, I'm guessing him and Zion are friends, which is fucking weird to me because I, I, I picture Zion as like this man because he's in the NBA. But Zion's 18 too. So they're like boys, which is nuts, fucking nuts to me. That, that my new star of uh, the new star of the franchise I support. It's chilling with fucking Caleb McLaughlin. I'm just like, what is the world coming to? I'm just an old man now, which is tragic, which is fucking tragic. But I digress. Hey, maybe uh, he's going to set Zion up with some uh, with some Hollywood honey. <laughs> Zion don't need that. Zion better hit the gym. <laughs> Zion need a treadmill. <laughs> he need to give Zion an elliptical or one of them Pelotons. <laughs> The, the one thing I will say about this is, you know, we have been racking on like Idris Elba and like his yeah. casting, yeah, because you know, of course, Suicide Squad is <laughs> going to be a big hit. Uh, but I feel like this at least is something that, that that's why I'm not can, as mad put about some it. Stake in. Yeah, you could bite your teeth into because, like I said, this could be a good movie because of the premise. Like, it's not what I wanted, but knowing that there is a community of black people where this does exist and they get considered like quote unquote country or quote unquote like doing. I don't want to say white activities, but you know exactly what I mean when I say that. And there's this community of black people who do that, who are still black people and go through problems that all black people go through. So it's going to be interesting to see the African-American community from a different angle and a different perspective. And that's why I think this is important because we don't get that a lot. It's usually like gang, athlete, musician, pick your choice. Like, that's what we usually get when it comes to like non sci-fi action superhero movies. So to see a, a different perspective, I can't hate on it for that reason. Yeah. I mean, I don't know if it's going to be something that we're going to be like, you know, dying to review on bros who binge, but, but I'll watch know, it. it could, it could be, you know, a movie that gets strongly considered. I wouldn't say like in the award circuit, but just like, um, let's say a well-liked movie. Could be Oscar bait because, like, when I looked at when I saw the picture of them riding on a horse, it could be. But like, do I think Caleb McLaughlin? <clears throat> do I think Caleb McLaughlin's at that point in his career? I don't know. So it's like they got a lot to prove to me with this one. Yeah, this uh, this guy Ricky stops directorial debut. So you know, yeah, there's a lot of ifs with this. There's definitely a lot of ifs, but um, but the picture I looks think- good, like of of Idris and Caleb both riding on that That's- horse. That's what I think has been helping spearhead some like hype for it is like concrete the name Concrete Cowboy Idris Elba and any Stranger Things person you know Caleb yeah uh, you know is bound to get some headlines. Who is more and, annoying as an actor? Not to cut you off. Who is more annoying in real life? I got three young actors that are fucking annoying. <laughs> Caleb McLaughlin, <laughs> number one. <laughs> that little kid from Blackish Miles Brown who's always at all the All-Star games. <laughs> Playing in the celebrity games. <laughs> just he's just all over the NBA. I don't know if this is hate, might be hate, but like kids annoying. <laughs> and then <laughs> I'm sorry, I might be the only person who thinks this is hilarious. But what's that girl's name, bro? Who's like fucking everywhere? <laughs> I can't get it, but those two, those, oh, and Finn Wolfhard's fucking annoying, too. Are you talking about that girl, Demi, that, like, is always up on Daily Mail? Like, Demi is wearing a bikini in this location, and everyone's like, who the fuck is Demi? No, not Demi Malby. I know who that is. Okay. 
I'm going to remember the girl. But, yo, those two dudes are fucking annoying. But maybe this will change my opinion of Caleb because, like, you know, I want to see him. I want to see him win. Well, this is, like, really the first time I've seen him do anything outside of Stranger Things. Well, he's done some, like, hold on. Because I think I've well, seen I mean, him. I'm saying, like, personally, like, okay. what I've seen. I got you. I got you. I got you. So I'm, I'm trying to think. I think I've seen. Oh, uh, yes. He was in the new edition movie. I saw him in. That's why oh, he was annoying. Shit, he was in the new edition movie. That's why he was annoying because all of him in that entire new edition cast kept acting like new edition for like 10 months after the movie was out. And we were like, what the fuck? The real life guys are alive, you fucks. But, but yes, he was in the new edition movie, which I enjoyed. I thought he did a good job in that. Oh, yeah. We watched it together, dude. It was so good. And I think that's that it. Good. Yeah, that's the, that's the only shit he's in besides an uh, 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 animation movie that I didn't see called Final Space. Me and you both didn't watch Dora. And he was in High Flying Bird. Oh, wait, wait. Dora the Explorer? Yeah, you watched Dora the Lost City of uh, Gold? Yeah, I watched that. I don't remember him being in it. Oh, well, he's in it. That's at least that's what they said. Let me see. News to me. Uh oh, he was like at the bot. He's Tico. If you remember that shit, yeah. So you know, but but all right, Caleb. Know. This is this is leading to adult like stuff. So this could be cool. But all right, next up we got Netflix has acquired the uh, worldwide rights to the thriller "Born to Be Murdered," starring John David Washington and Alicia Vikander. Hype will release the film in 2021. Born to be murdered is set in Athens and the Epirus region of Greece, where a vacationing couple played by Washington and Vikander fall into a violent, into a trap, uh, fall trapped to a violent conspiracy with tragic consequences. Right up my alley. See, JDW got the right agent, baby. Let me let me just applaud my guy, J G JDW. That's why he's my favorite actor today. My guy went and did Tenant. Then said, you know what? I'm going to hit my marriage story with Zendaya that I filmed during COVID. And now I'm about to drop this thriller, conspiracy, Zodiac 7, that, that lane. I'm I don't know, man. I love it's it. Netflix. <laughs> so pump the brakes a little bit. I'm a, but see, I just believe in JDW, man. I do. I do. So I got to. And, and the thing is, even though Robert Pattinson was in some questionable Netflix movies, he always killed it. Sure. No, I mean, I think and, I like, that, and the king was good. I don't think the king was questionable. The king was fucking good. But devil all the time was questionable that but he killed it. Yeah, I, th- I think you know, John David Washington. You know, when he's building up his career, he's done these movies that have been, you know, up for Oscars. Tenet is his blockbuster. Uh, we're still waiting Black, to see Black what Klansman he was the first one. Like the that's what I'm saying, the, like it was break out his name and then yeah, the, yeah. his TV show was ballers. Mm-hmm. And so like, I feel like, like this a, is a like, love flick. One of his most, I'm, he's like, I'm going to make myself accessible to the audience and do, do a Netflix thing with Alicia Vikander. And we're going to do like this thriller, kind of show a different side, but also something that's going to get a lot of eyes. Basically, this is good for Alicia are. Vikander, too, because after Tomb Raider, her name was Ice Cold. <laughs> Ice right. Cold. Like, if, if Alicia Vikander had the juice that she had after Ex Machina, she'd have been Catwoman, bro. Be on, like, let's be honest with ourselves. Alicia Vikander would have been in DC or Marvel by now, but her name got ice cold. She did Tomb Raider, and it's even icier. Like, what came after Ex Machina? Because Alicia uh, Vikander Danish was girl. like a she was like a, a, a Oscar man, the man from Uncle. She was an Oscar nominated actress. 
All right, what um, came after? Hold on. Oh, the Danish girl. Yeah, that's pretty big. Man from Uncle. That's my sh- like. I think that movie doesn't get enough love. That movie's good. But uh, Jason Bourne, she was in, which was you know, eh. But then she did shit like. Oh no, this was before. Never mind. Oh, she's gonna be in the in uh, the Green Knight. Ooh. Well, see, yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Her, her name, uh, Tomb Raider, made her name ice cold. So it's like, okay, Green Knight. Okay, this JDW. She's getting back to like putting good shit out. Yeah, I mean, I'm I'm excited to see uh, what they do with that. You know, it's going to be in 2021, but you know, we know that we're going to be able to watch it on Netflix. So yeah, so I'm hyped for that. That that'll probably be a Bros Who Binge reviewed movie. But probably that's all I got on that. Hopefully, it's not Triple Frontier in Extraction. Yeah, God, probably, yeah. Gosh, Triple Frontier made me so mad, bro. Like, I was talking about that the other day with somebody. Like, when you hear Ben Affleck, Oscar Isaac, who else was in that fucking movie? They had one other dude that was like, yo, this shit is nuts. Oh, here we go. When you hear Ben Affleck, Oscar Isaac, Pedro Pascal, Charlie Hunnam, and Garrett Hunlin, you don't think that's going to be fire? Like... Come on, fam. They, they they let me down big time. Big time. Big like, time. Jeez. Not that I wasn't, I was, I felt more betrayed by that movie than I did Extraction. Because I had hopes for that movie. But that's um, all I got on, on that stuff. Yeah, the next story we got is um a reboot of Tiny Toon Adventures. I think it's been talked about before, but um HBO Max has officially ordered it. Well, that's probably because um, of all the Animaniac shit. I know HBO Max kicking themselves that they don't have Animaniacs. Facts. Uh, the new series is going to be titled Tiny Toons Luniversity. Uh, the half-hour animated show will feature characters from the original series, which aired in the early 90s. The show has received a two-season order, and uh, Steven Spielberg is attached to return as the exec producer. I hope it's Steven Spielberg style of Tiny Toons because if it is, it's going to be a good show. But if it's well, it's, no, it's since not, HBO Max has like the Looney Tunes stuff and they've been like putting more Looney Tunes stuff out, like it necessarily hasn't been bad. Yeah, I just um, don't want it to be like the Looney Tunes show, which was that like early 2010s re- rendition of bringing back Looney Tunes to Cartoon Network, where Bugs and Daffy lived in like this reality style show where like they were actors or they had a TV show, but they, it was them in like their world, like going to the no, I know what you're store. Yeah. So I didn't hate that, honestly, but this is not what that's going to be. Yeah. Like, I hope this, this is like this, tiny tunes. This will be similar because tiny tunes was like that. There's, yeah. You know, like the, the Daffy and all them. Well, were tiny tunes the was like, it felt awesome because it was like animaniac style. What I just said, but that, yes. what I just said, wasn't like, it didn't go there with like pop culture references. What I just said was like very catered to a children's audience where Tiny Toons and Animaniacs are catered to everyone. Because there's now, something I feel like for everyone. This is going to be a, again a children's show, but since they're making it like Luniversity, you know, this is obviously an older Tiny Toon mm-hmm. characters from what we've had. I don't think they're gonna like be adult or anything like that. But they could be like college yeah. peeps or or high school peeps. Sure. I mean like even in the Tiny Toons the original series, they touched on like uh underage drinking. Yeah, they touched on a lot of stuff. So like I I don't know what they want to bring in with all this, but like I could see them being uh, a, like what we've been saying, like a little bit more, like with the Animaniacs, get a little bit more out there. 
No, I'm hyped for this. I'm not. I'm not upset about this at all. This I love the something. Tiny Toons show. Oh, and let me say this. I am so scared for what's about to happen to Crunchyroll, Adult Swim, and all of this because AT and T sold Crunchyroll to Sony for Oof. a billion bucks, or like maybe a little bit more. So I don't know what's gonna happen with the Adult Swim Crunchyroll partnership. How we were getting this Blade Runner anime. I don't know what's gonna happen to all this HBO Max stuff that was being made. Hopefully, we get it. I don't know what Sony's gonna do with it. But I just wanted to throw that up there since we mentioned HBO Max because that is news and we didn't talk about that on the last anime talk. So that's that is pretty important. So, you know, we, we will keep you all up to date on what's going on with that as I learn more because I don't know if they're going to separate Crunchyroll from VRV. I don't know if VRV is going to exist anymore because Sony has the Funimation app. Are they going to fuse the two? What are they going to do? Like. What goes on in the intellectual property realm? Like, what about the stuff that was being made? Like, is that Blade Runner series scrapped now because they're no longer with Adult Swim? Like, I have a lot, a lot of questions, but we we have to just wait and see because the deal's not 100% final. They're doing that stuff where it's like got to go through the the processes and whatnot. But as I know more, I'll let you know. But HBO Max, man, sad to see them lose that because they were trying to stamp an anime, but that was an AT&T decision. I don't know if that was an HBO Max decision. Yeah, HBO Max is slowly but surely making their way into um, the streaming wars. They are, and they, and, they, and they have good content. I want to see them win because, like, they were the first that was, like, creator-friendly, I guess you would say, where it's like – and granted, I'm talking more of the HBO banner where it was – they were giving good content out with good quality stars who became actors that we knew. And when you hear them getting a streaming service – I wanted to see that trickle down into D- DC, into Adult Swim, into uh, Tudami, into like all the properties that I love. And yeah, into Looney Tunes and like all the stuff that it does. And so I think some of it has because we see things like Peacemaker with James Gunn being, I think that's going to be very HBOS, but it's like, what's going to happen with things like the Green Lantern series that's very CWS? Like, where's the quality control going to come? Is, but Brennan Thwaites said Titan season three was going to be, is, a, is an improvement. And on an improvement, like if season two was better than season one, but they still didn't hit the mark, he said that fans will be thoroughly, thoroughly surprised. And this was this is my favorite season so far. So we're gonna have to wait and see. <clears throat> I mean, it's heavy bat family, so I'm already excited for it. That's what. But, and see, we, I don't think we talked about that. <clears throat> Just because I'm on a roll. Fucking, I think Titan season three is gonna be great. Like I think they wasted Deathstroke. I think me and you both agree on that. But. When you get things like Barbara Gordon as Commissioner Gordon, you're going to get Scarecrow working in Arkham Asylum. You're going to get Red Hood, like, and the Titans are in Gotham. Like, yeah. it, it just, it opens up so much potential. And the Titans Gotham looked good because we saw it in season one. I'm just interested to see what happens with Blackfire, with like... Superboy. With Superboy, yes. With uh, Beast Boy, like, is he still relegated to the back? Like... True. A lot of questions. Yeah. A lot, a lot of questions. I would really like to see kind of the Superboy Beast Boy buddy up and like I do something. Because like, I just I just feel like they're not going to be very involved in this whole Bat Family centric season. They need to do like, a spinoff. I feel like they're going to be like off doing like the Blackfire stuff maybe. I don't know. I don't know. They, they need to do a spinoff of Tim Drake. Let Tim Drake go with Beast Boy, Connor, and I guess you would have to put Starfire in that show as the adult with Raven. I guess you would. And then make that like a, a Young Justice show and then have Titans become the Nightwing show. <laughs> like, 
That's what they just need to do. They just need to cut cut their losses. Like after this last Titans, now we're gonna get Young Justice live action in in Nightwing. I think that Give would us be Nightwing. A, That's all we want. I think that'd be bomb.com. I would like a Young Justice with Tim Drake led with Beast Boy, Raven, Starfire. Now they're like an actual. You, you know, you know what I would like? I would like Young Justice new season. That's what I would yeah. like. Just, Hopefully some, that comes this year. They were, they, more they've been clowning. Them, like, yeah, I'm, I don't I'm, care I'm, about I'm, live action. They've been clowning. I definitely need a new season of that. That's a good right. point. But anyway, going back to the stories, there was something that caught my eye, and the story that came up is that Matt Damon is going to cameo in, in a new Steven, Steven Soderbergh film that was is announced this a in Leo September. Film? No, this doesn't have Leo in it. Um, it doesn't. The, the film is called No Sudden Move, and I don't know how it slipped under our radar, but the cast is John Cheadle, Benicio Del Toro, David Harbour, Amy uh, Sametz, uh, John Hamm, Ray Liotta, Kieran Culkin, Brendan Fraser, Noah Jupe from Honey Boy, um, Bill Duke, Frankie Shaw, and Julia Fox, who's in the Gems. The film is set in 1955 Detroit and centers on a group of small-time criminals who are hired to steal what they think is a simple document. When their plan goes horribly wrong, their search for who hired them and for what the ultimate per- for ult- what the ultimate purpose was weaves them through all echelons of the race-torn, rapidly-changing city. This is going to be fire. Steven Soderbergh, see this, and that's why I asked if it's the Leo film, because Steven Soderbergh's putting out this film and another film that stars Leo, Meryl Streep, Timothy Chalamet, uh, Jonah Hill, Kate Blanchett, Ariana Grande, Kid Cudi, Matthew Perry. Like, he has two movies that are coming out, and that one's going to be with Netflix and Adam McKay. It's with amazing cast. I'm surprised this went under the radar. When you got Don Cheeto, Benicio Del Toro, John Hamm, David Harbour, fucking Ray Liotta, Brendan Fraser, Kieran Culkin, and then my like girl, I, and then my girl had, Julia Fox. Like, what is I, up? I had to look through old episodes or old notes of the show because I was like, how did we not talk about this on September 30th? Like, uh, that That's was when crazy. this the story came out, and I was like, what? Like, this should well, be good. Did, Soderbergh's yeah. putting out some some hits right now. I'm excited for this one and the Leo movie. So, you know, this sounds hype. I'm going to be interested to see what... Is Matt Damon like a cameo? Is he a cop? Yeah, he's is a cameo. He's for sure he, just a cameo. He's like a he's, cop gangster. He might be in the mob because it says like a crime, you know, a group of small-time criminals going through a race to a rapid change in city. I'm sure we'll see like cops, mafia. I'm sure we'll see like the gamut. I think we're gonna see all sorts of things, you know. Ray Liotta coming back in and being gangster. We'll see. Ray Liotta, <laughs> that's the only name on there where I'm like, oof. <laughs> well, you know, the one name that I thought was interesting on there, and it's interesting because we were talked about him a lot in the most recent running back, uh, where we talked about Scott Pilgrim, but Kieran, Kieran Culkin. Culkin. Kieran yeah. Culkin's been killing it, man. Succession is amazing. Like, I know we don't talk about that show on here, but Succession is phenomenal, and Kieran Culkin's a great actor. So I think this could be big for him. Sure. Um, but let's go ahead and jump into those these trailers. We got a few of them. Um, the first one that everyone has been talking about is Songbird because well, they shouldn't have made that. too much of the coronavirus. They shouldn't have made that, bro. I'm not watching that movie. That's depressing. No. <laughs> it's very depressing and also supposed to be like a thriller, but it, it looks too goofy to be a thriller. It's like what KJ Appa just riding around town on a bike, like trying to <laughs> yeah, stop things he, from happening. And he's immune. Like, bro, we're, immune. we're in this right now, bro. I don't need to know about a movie about this. Like, granted, you're right. The coronavirus will affect films like being movies and stuff. You, you called this last episode, but like, it's too early to do something like this. Talking about COVID-23, like, 
Michael Bay clowning. Like, this, this is some clown shit. Like, people are dying left and right. To, like, that's just not, that's nothing we should just joke about right now. No, like, there's some stuff that uh, that they've been talking about that is coronavirus related or, like, you know, that on shit's topic different. Of that. Yeah. But, I mean, I feel like this is a little bit too soon. Or it's just, like, you know, <laughs> saying that we're going to be going into, like, COVID-23 and it's, like, way worse and people can't even leave their house, and, like, except for immune people. Like, uh, Yeah, no, it's, it's, that, that, is, that is too much for right now. So we, we shall see about that. But that was the one trailer that you had on the list that I was just like, I'm not watching this shit. It's just too yeah. soon. Uh, the next one I have on here is Bridgerton, which is a Netflix series. Um, going to be the start of the Shonda Rhimes produced That's Netflix shows. Was. Yeah. Um, and it's pretty much Gossip Girl, but in Victorian age. But in like Victorian age where black people weren't considered slaves. So like in this like fantasy yeah. world, like fantasy Cinderella Victorian time. Age. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 100%. But you know, cool, man. Shonda Land. That's what the production's called. It's called Sh- and is that a shot? Like, is that a shot at Disneyland? Because like she didn't know. Because of the ticket calling story. It Shonda Land forever. Okay. Whew. I was about to say, is that a shot? Because like no, her, she didn't her, get those tickets and like, you know, we talked about that last week. Her universe is called Shonda Land. That's okay. Like, okay. They're like connected universe. But obviously this wouldn't be connected to the other stuff since it's supposed to be, you know, Back in time, yeah. But like, you know, bringing back the Gossip Girl concept into this uh, this new Netflix show, I think this is going to be really successful. It's going to be one that everyone's going to be talking about. Yeah, girlfriends worldwide are going to make their boyfriends watch this for sure. Um, <laughs> but I, you know, I actually think it's kind of interesting. I like Shonda Rhimes Me and too. everything that she's done. Like, you know, even when I watch stuff that I'm like, oh, I'm not going to like this. I'm like, oh, I didn't think I was going to like Grey's Anatomy, but it's a good show. <laughs> Same. Exactly. That's the first one, first one I think of. Um, the next one is The Stand-In, which is Drew Barrymore and Drew Barrymore. I thought, th- I, I thought that this actually looked good. We've talked about comedies last week, about how we're looking for new comedy movies. And, like, this gives me Palm Springs vibe. This gives me, like, a modern... Mm-hmm. It just gives me, like, it's a like good... like The Prince mo- and the Pauper. But I um, feel like it, it has that modern comedy, like, sheen on it. Like, I feel like this is going to be funny. I don't know why. Uh, I just did. I liked the trailer. I thought it was gonna. I, I thought it looked really interesting. Like at first, I didn't realize that that was also Drew Barrymore who was playing the stand. Took me a while. Took me a while. Um, but I think that the whole concept of like you know here's Drew Barrymore as you know, um, a different well not herself but like a comedic actress and you know going to rehab and then she's like oh you know what i'm gonna make my stand and go to rehab when that happened i was like oh i'm gonna like this this is hilarious yeah that was funny it gave it gave me vibes of that adam sandler movie the judd apatow adam sandler movie with seth rogan in it where seth rogan's like his assistant and he's a comedian and like it gave me vibes oh, that sad that. movie yeah where, where adam sandler's like dying of cancer and then he finds out he's not and like it just gave me like vibes of that when I heard the rehab thing, but the stand-in is like a different like switch to it. So I think, the, like you said, oh, when good. she when she made him go, I was like, oh my gosh, you're going to rehab for this lady. And then she's like, let me do your press screening, and they're like, she's oh, like, sure. like we love this new. Uh, and then yeah, they love the new Drew. So I was or Candy Black, whatever her Candy name Black, is. Candy Black, yeah, I think that's but what it is. I'll definitely watch this. This is something I'll, I'll, I'm interested in. Yeah, I saw this pop up and I was like, what is this? And then I watched, th- watched it and I was pleasantly surprised. I'm more interested in this than some of the other shit we're about to talk about. Yeah, uh, I'm, yeah I'm excited about it. But the next one is Stardust. And Remind Stardust is your, 
David Bowie biopic. Oh, this one looked good. This this is not where this I was talking also, about. Yeah, this also looks pretty good. Um, Johnny Flynn is playing David Bowie. I was Bowie. wondering who that was. Uh, Johnny Flynn, most notably for me, is in the Netflix series Love Sick, uh, which is pretty much like a British How I Met Your Mother. And, uh, you know, we've seen the success of the biopics for Elton John and like Freddie Mercury and. I think it's good that that they went with a name that's not well known because even though Edgerton and Rami Rami Malek are known, I think David Bowie's like such a an icon. Not saying that Freddie Mercury and and Elton John are no don't get that twisted. But just Elton John's a bigger icon than David Bowie. You think he is? Yes. Oh my god, yes. Ziggy Stardust? I don't know. Elton John is one of like Elton John is like upper echelon of like. I put I put Ziggy Stardust with like, with like John Lennon, McCartney, Michael Prince. Like Ziggy oh, Stardust put, is in that category. I don't know how you don't put Elton John in there. Am I hating? Is that hate? I think you're hating. Is that hate? Oh, <laughs> is that hate? Damn. All right. Now, I, I might need to re. I might need to rephrase that. I need to my my might need to rethink that. But but I mean, they're definitely in the same vein. That's why they're both getting you know, biopic movies. And this one's going to be even more a serious biopic take than the pre- the predecessors that I mentioned. And that's why I'm I'm excited that that's not a name that's well known, so we can believe it's David Bowie. Yeah. Yeah. So um, I wasn't too keen on Stardust until I saw this trailer, and now I really want to watch it. Same, same. The next one is the story I was talking about that I'm not oh. really like. So the next one's Midnight Sky, and apparently Lyndon doesn't like it, but I actually think that it's a pretty interesting concept for, for a Netflix movie. I mean, like... You looks know, like we're an talking, Inception. And not Inception. looks like an Interstellar uh, Interstellar. Rip. Well, it's, a sim- it's kind of an Interstellar rip. Like Interstellar more, and Ad Astra Fuse. I don't know if you... I, I think you never watched Ad Astra because I told you not to because yeah. it was fucking trash. But this... Th- how many times do I have to come on this show and say I'm tired of seeing our Earth not be able to function? We're going into space to find a new Earth, and it's not super sci-fi. It's super realistic. But in this time, our Earth is uninhabitable, and there's these two people who are only left on our Earth have to find a signal to contact the astronauts off in space, saving the world and trying to find the new Earth. Don't buy it. And I, and it sucked because I want to see George Clooney succeed because I was excited to see George Clooney in this. But George Clooney needs to stop doing space movies. He saw Gravity Works and he was like, oh, let me do Midnight Sky. I'm, I'm pretty sure his, his movie between Gravity and this was another space movie. <laughs> like, hmm. George Clooney got to stay out of space. Let me see. Hold on. I'm pretty sure. Uh, let, me, let me see. I think, like, uh, he's actually behind the camera with this too he's with the team just Clooney with the team yeah he's directing yeah mm-hmm. he's directing it all right I, just... all right good for him i'm not mad at him because he's directing it but like let me just let me just rattle off some of george clooney's movies tomorrowland Trash. Trash. Gravity. And those are the only two that I'm talking about where he was in space because he did like some other stuff in between them that wasn't that popular. But George Clooney got to get out of space, man. But, you know, hopefully this is cool. I wasn't intrigued by this trailer. This trailer left me like, meh. Uh, I mean, I think it's going to be fine for a Netflix movie. That's another thing. It's Netflix. Like, Because, I mean, you know, what do you got? George Clooney, Kyle Chandler, Felicity Jones, uh, David... Oh yeah, Lowe, 
Oye Lowo, that's how you say his name. You know, all those are actors that I have some respect for. So, I mean, I'm I'm interested in seeing it. We'll see how it pans out. Yeah, we just gotta see. The next one felt like a Kingsman ripoff. Let's just keep let's just keep going down the list. But I was intrigued by Alex Ryder. Yeah, Alex Ryder. It's gonna be on IMDb TV, and at the end of the trailer, it also said it would be on Amazon Prime. Yeah, available. That's watch. So, so like that's where um, I feel like I have a little bit of faith in this. Is that if if Amazon's gonna put it on their streaming, then like obviously there's got to be some some stuff to it. You know, pretty much the concept is like this teenager gets drafted into MI6 to do like some kind of mission. Yeah. Um, because they killed his uncle. Yeah, so I mean, I, I think it's based the off a book series too. Yeah, it's based off a book series. That I think I remember hearing about. I think it's past our time, but um, I think I remember hearing about it being a big series. So I think there's a, a lot of potential behind Alex Ryder. It might be something worth checking out on Amazon Prime, especially if it's under forty minutes. Like if it's like you know short bite, a little action thing, I might watch it. I'll give it a shot. Like I said, the thing that most impressed me, Songbird, oh, not Songbird, Bridgerton, uh, Stand-In, and Stardust. Those three yeah, were The like, Stand-In is probably the one that I'm, like, circling at the moment. Like, that completely surprised me. That's a fact. That's a fact. Yeah. But let's get into the rumor mill. Yes, the rumor mill. So we got some rumors for y'all. This is uh, just take these with a grain of salt. These are things that we're hearing in the streets. So Bobby Herbeck, writer of the original 1990s Teen Titans Ninja Mutant Turtles movie and producer Kim Dawson are looking to do a true sequel to the original trilogy. That's the one where they're, where they're looking crazy, <laughs> like where, where the turtles are like looking nuts, but like, you know, good on them. I'll, I'll, I'll maybe watch it. If I mean, it's obviously good. they'd be able to like do it a little bit better, but I, you know, I think that they got to keep it that way. I think out of the Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles stuff, that I like the old one the best. Well, I, mean, I like the Stephen like, Amell ones. Nah, I don't think I like the Stephen Amell ones. No. So like, where they the look thing. like Transformers. Yeah. So like I, I like that. And those are puppets, pretty much. Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles just works best animated. Like it they does. should just they should just give us an adult anime version where it's like super serious, and then give the kid the kid kid version. I think that's where Teenage Mutant Ninja Turtles needs to go with its like core audience but like this cool cool i I doubt it gets gets rolling i don't know if it will next up we got dc black lightning movie in development as well i wonder if this is going to tie to static shock that's just like opening thoughts are they gonna keep it separate is this gonna give us batman and the outsiders like where are we going with this like i'm down for a black lightning movie but what separates it from static is my question like which makes me care about this like static i'm gonna care about because it's a teen that we that is a coming of age story pretty much spider-man uh miles morales without the web slinging because miles morales has electricity powers pretty similar character with his own set of villains. He has his own Sinister Six type deal. So it's going to be good for DC to get that off. But like, what's going to make me want to go see Black Lightning? Black Lightning, I think since it's already got the TV series, they, they're going to set it apart as itself as part of like the extended universe. Like, you know, maybe it finds a way to be in like the Batman realm. Like maybe it's something that gets put back in time sort of thing, like depending on what the whole thing with Batman is. And, and the flash is really going to like change everything on his head, but 
I, would, think that, I would love to see a bat, Black Lightning, Batman and the Outsiders, like Batman sets up this team. And I'd love to see that. But Robert Pattinson got to get some years on his belt before we get to that. And now we have Black Lightning. What about, is that a JD, John Dave Washington potential casting? I, I think I'd like, oh, damn, would I like that more than Green Lantern? That's tough. Damn, I don't. I think I'd like Green Jefferson. Lantern. I think I'd like Green Lantern more, but like Jefferson would be fire for JD Dubs. That seems like that's a Michael B. Jordan role. Let me just throw that. Like he he's circling one. He's gonna get him one. That seems like that's him. <laughs> Maybe. Or John Boyega. That also seems like that's him. <laughs> now John Boyega, I, I could I could see that being a that could be a good role for him, honestly. Look, so. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. The next rumor we have is Feige wants a majority female Avengers team. The boys already made fun of these peeps for what they've been doing with, with girls can too. I thought the boys executed it well. <laughs> like we they tried to like shoehorn in some like just to clickbait well, that they wanted the- to do more stuff of like uh, like a team a girl team up and like the thing about that is is sure i think that you could do that and but don't like don't make force it like, feed it yeah like i thing. think like you can organically f- make that work especially with like what you're building with you know uh kate bishop don't promote um, it as like, She-Hulk, oh, Ms. this Marvel. is yeah, exactly. Like, but don't promote this as like, oh, yeah, we're doing the girls Avengers. Like, no, like, let this be its own thing. Stand in DC didn't promote Wonder Woman. It's like, oh, yeah, this is the girl Superman. Like y'all didn't promote cat, but y'all did promote Captain Marvel. as This is the female Avenger, the first. And like, that's the problem. That's why I think the boys love for their female characters is real because they're real people. And it's like you feel for them and it doesn't feel like you're trying to make this like a thing where it's like oh yeah you're, you're trying to just kind of like how they took the approach to black widow like black widow hasn't been marketed as like oh come see the female superhero movie it's like no come see black widow because it's gonna be exactly. badass exactly like, exactly like we should want to go see these people because they're bad ass and it's like that's what i want that's what i want from this not to where it's but, like feels but like i see how they it. can organically make this work i just don't want it to be like doesn't it, it was where it doesn't make sense you know what i'm saying where it's like oh we're gonna put all these people together just so that we can like, a day have an excuse is just to a day, like, like the boys are out of town it's it's time yeah. for the girls to connect ladies night like that would be ridiculous yeah yeah no, give us like a, a good organic way that you're gonna have like a female team that needs to take on a threat like i mean Fact. there's gonna be you're gonna have the opportunity that's a fact. The next uh, rumor we got is there's a God of War TV show in the cards, likely Netflix. God, I hope it's not Netflix. I want that to go to Amazon so bad. Again. I just want Jeff Bezos to be like, yeah, we're spending the money. Like Jeff Bezos, if you if you listen to this pod, spend the money to get the God of War TV show. I guarantee it would be bigger than Game of Thrones. Guarantee. Like Charles Barkley said, I guarantee it. That's a fact. Bigger than Game of Thrones. That What happened in that new God of War game changed everything for me. The fact that Kratos can go from the Greek mythology realm to go to the North mythology realm. Then we can, I think a future game is going to be, he's going to go to the Egyptian mythology realm. This TV show could be fucking phenomenal. His child, spoiler alert for the God of War game that's been out for God knows how long. His child is fucking Loki. Like, this shit could be bigger 
than Game of Thrones. Like, I'm so serious. You get Zeus, the Titans, like, nah, bro, I do not want this to go to Netflix. As great, as much as I like The Witcher, as much as I was, like, hyping up, uh... Assassin's Creed. Hyping up Assassin's Creed, this needs to go to HBO or Amazon to be done the right way. Because if this is done the right way, this will be one of the biggest TV shows, like, out. Yeah, I mean, I think it's these, uh... You know, I think the television people are now starting to realize like how big a stock like the this generation has in the video games and like, you know, making a play to use these video games that are pretty much cinematic in themselves and putting them on um the big screen or the small screen. So right. And this should know, be a TV see, show. This should not yeah. be a movie. Yeah, I mean, obviously, you know, Netflix is kind of jumping on that, you know, uh, and they're they're the only people who have shown that they can do it in a way that makes them popular. And they're they're the only people who've been successful with video game properties. Movies haven't worked, and like they're the ones who. And, and you got to remember, they're also adding in that Resident Evil stuff too. True, that is true. So, I mean, they're just adding all the video game stuff at this point. So, like, if you're Amazon or even Hulu or uh, HBO, you some, need something HBO, like this. Yeah, you got to get something like this to get on. Get and this is a big name to where it's like this should go to them because I'm pretty sure HBO has Last of Us. Like, I'm pretty sure that's coming. Yes, and like. This is so last of us. A- this is last of us caliber. So it's like this should go to HBO or Amazon. Yeah, yeah. So you know, but that's a rumor we got. Next up, we got Deadpool will keep breaking the fourth wall in the MCU and make fun of other heroes and real life actors. Well, He's if they make get- this all female led movie, I hope it makes fun of that. Yeah, he, you know he'll throw some shots there. But okay, cool, good for Deadpool. Next up, we got Loki will have a bigger role in the MCU in the next MCU movies. Interesting. Thought that guy was done, but we're gonna see him come back. Tom Hiddleston, bro, you well, should. You should because try to get of, out of what this. happened in the Endgame, he's uh, he's wrapped. Well, they're gonna go get another. Uh, no, no, everything happened pre-snap. He was pre-snap. They're going to get another time, like the time, like the different time one. That one's gonna go out of time in order. The one that we saw in uh, when Cap and Tony went back to post Avengers movie one. That that Loki's gonna go into the multiverse. Okay. Yeah. So that's how he's back. Yeah. I mean, I can see that. And then you also got the you know, the new Thor movie. So. Yep. That's a fact. I mean, there's, there's definitely spots where he's gonna be popped in. I mean, he's gonna have his own series. Yeah, that's a fact. Let's be honest. The next so. uh, rumor we got is now with Moon Knight, Oscar Isaac is open to return to Star Wars, and they want to they want him, and they've had some talks. How would you like to see Poe Dameron come back? Or is this like well, Finn, where it's like... This, well, this kind of goes into the books. And we'll talk about the books when we talk about Mando. But if you adapt the Poe Dameron that's been in the comics, in the books, there's some great stories out there about him. And he is a very important character in, in those realms because he carries a lot of more weight than he was given in the movies. So if they, if they wanted to explore a series with him... It, it's possible that would work. I'd more be interested in seeing a different actor take up the Poe Dameron role and do like a young Poe. Mm. Um, so, I mean, that'd be something I'd be interested in. Uh, but Oscar Isaac returning to be Poe is just for him. For him being Oscar Isaac, it just doesn't seem like it's a good move for him. That's why when I heard when I heard this rumor and we were talking about it earlier, I feel like he's trying to just be the blockbuster guy. He's making that fatty. It possible, uh, you know, I've, if you're going to do Oscar Isaac for a Poe thing, I think it, the safest route 
it would be to stay animated because he has done that with uh, Resistance, and Resistance isn't a bad show, honestly. It's not Rebels um, and Clone Wars, but it's not bad. That's not bad. Um, so, like, if they wanted to do more stuff with that, do the animation realm, then possible. But like, other than that, I just don't see him like signing on to do a, a, like a Cass and Andor like series for Poe, unless it was like a six episode order, like the Obi Wan. Yeah. But, but then, like, he none of the stuff that I've heard, and you know, unless they come up with like a great story, there really isn't like anything. Oh, actually, you know, a, a real ship include you know a real ship centric series would actually be really interesting especially now that squadrons has come out but even with that if the best stories to be told in like a squadron kind of way or like during the wars or like not the resistance fleet like the the rebels exactly rogue squadron stuff like that like that's what we want to see i don't know but we shall see and finally final rumor this is the apparent story to the lebron james space jam movie so this is what we got during a trip to the warner brothers studios nba star lebron james and his son accidentally get trapped within a world that contains all warner brothers stories and characters under the mouth under the control of a malfunctioning all-powerful force named al g played by don Cheadle. with the help of bugs bunny LeBron James must navigate through a never-before-imagined world with iconic movie scenes and characters as they reassemble the Looney Tunes to rescue his lost son. Now to get back home, LeBron and the Tunes must unravel Al G's mysterious plan with a, and win an epic basketball game against digital gamified superversions of the NBA and WNBA's biggest players and stars as the entire world watches. So probably no Monstars. Let me read this again. So the son... <laughs> Are gonna get accidentally trapped. So Bronny's in this. I think so. Or they're or they may get someone to play his son. Yeah, they may get someone to play his 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 uh the uh, in a world that contains the stories and the characters under the apparently control the of Batmobile was it was made an appearance in this movie. Like so, all the Warner Brothers movies are. It's like he's going through the Warner Brothers like archives essentially. Oh, dude, f this. <laughs> He's going through like the Warner Brothers archives and like uh, Don Cheadle is like this all powerful like person looking over and he's like, to escape, you have to play a basketball game with the Looney Tunes. (laughs) Oh, my God. That's why we said that Space Jam should not be remade, but it could be good. But like no Monstars. Sad, sad stuff. Digital gamified superversion. It's just gonna be them. <laughs> How is LeBron supposed to beat all? Bro, I don't like. I well, don't. I mean, believe. like, it's just gonna. Well, it's gonna like bring up a bunch of weird conversation topics. Because be like, okay, so LeBron's like up against playing like probably like Michael Jordan and you know, no, he's uh, playing against Leslie, Anthony Lisa Davis, Leslie, Anthony Davis, Lisa Leslie, Sue Bird, uh, Steph Curry. I I don't know if Steph Curry's in it. Russell Westbrook's in it. Chris Paul. Like, he's playing up against, like, some of the best NBA players, the WNBA players with the Looney Tunes. And it's like, can he beat him? And I know people are going to be like, the Monstars were basically Charles Barkley and all those people, but they had their talent, and they didn't necessarily know but how they also to... had their own personalities. Yeah, exactly. They had their own personalities, and they didn't know how to control said talent like them. If this is a gamified version, this is these people. Like, <laughs> this is them. <laughs> so, is LeBron about to bust all these people's ass? Which we already know he can do. <laughs> oh man, this is gonna be funny. And what? And, and I feel like Don Cheadle's playing like the role in Spy Kids, where it's like the evil guys. 
mustache twirling villain. Oh shit! This is gonna be a hot mess. All right. Well, Don Cheadle had that good movie er- earlier, but yeah, that not Detroit movie, but not this one. This is a favor to his friend LeBron James. Whatever, man. <laughs> Whatever. That's that's kind of disappointing. Yeah. So this is, but this is the apparent story. It may not be this. We shall see. But I'm pretty sure it's this. Like I believe this rumor is the most solidified of all the ones we said. All right. Well, that finishes up the rumor mill. So now we're moving into the movie on the rise. Lyndon, you want to go ahead and start us off? Okay, yeah. So uh, I put out a video, the five reasons why you should watch Gangs of London. Wanted to make Mm. a separate video from Bros Who Binge. I'll check that out. It's on the YouTube. But this is a show that, like, encapsulated me. It's called Gangs of London. It's on AMC+, Plus, but you can watch it on Amazon Prime. It stars Joe Cole from Peaky Blinders, who is the brother who married the gypsy. He's the main character. It stars Sope Diasu, but he's from uh, uh, that new house movie, uh, His House on Netflix. Oh, mm-hmm. Yeah, it's uh his name is yeah Sope Dirasu. It stars Papa Esedu. We don't know. I don't know. I haven't seen him before, but he is Joe Cole's like right hand man. He's a great phenomenal actor. I could see him Sope who plays like the under who plays like this undercover cop, and then Joe Cole. I could see them getting a lot of roles. Lucian from uh the guy who's the leader of the the I guess the poor clan in uh the what the fuck is that show called? The Golden Compass on HBO. No. You know the black guy. He's he's uh, yeah. the uh, he's the head of this. And then Cole Meany's in this. Great, great cast. Uh, also another standout, Brian Vernal. Great, 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 great actor. Loved him. Loved all the ladies in this. This show is just amazing. It's directed by Gareth Evans, who is the director of The Raid in The Raid 2. So the action is some of the best action I've seen this year. Some of the best action I've seen in a while. Better than John Wick style. I've seen people comparing it to John Wick. No, this is better action than John Wick. It's realistic. And I fuck with this heavy. It's an amazing show. Gangs of London, definitely check it out. Netflix has a new anime out called Blood of Zeus. I, I think I told y'all about this last week. If I didn't, it's the new show where it's uh, Zeus's child, who should be called Hercules, but they do not call him Hercules in the show. His name is Heron, which pisses me off. That's the one thing about the show that just pisses me off constantly. But it's it's basically the story of Hercules, and these titans are coming to destroy the Earth. And Hercule and Heron in this uh, Amazonian Alexia have to defeat them because Zeus and Hera are going back and forth because they have beef because Hera's pissed that Zeus had a kid out of wedlock. And Zeus is a super douche in this. Zeus is like, yeah, I fuck that bitch. What say what? Nick? Say what? Like, <laughs> Zeus is a douche, bro. Zeus is super douchey in this. And this show is great. Like, this, Amaz- this a- anime on Netflix is pretty, pretty damn great. Both Gangs of London and Blood of Zeus are, like, my two favorite shows right now. And then Rick and Morty Season 4 is on Hulu, so check that out. Those are all good ones. Uh, for me, I didn't really have anything... For real, a lot of the good stuff is going to be on our next one because there's good stuff coming in November, but it's just not this week. Um, but Tremors, Shrieker Islands on Netflix right now. I watched it yesterday. Was it good? And I'm I'm a fan of the this you know I'm a fan of Tremors through and through. Like the original movie Tremors with Kevin Bacon is like I would rate it in my, my top 100 best movies ever. Like it's you know phenomenal movie. It's supposed to be a horror movie, but you know it's just more funny than anything else. And Tremors gets a little bit more bombastic and 
as it continues to with like some obscurity, it becomes more so now like a sci-fi movie, like a Sharknado deal, like something like that. And it kind of has that same feel in this Netflix movie. Um, but it's, you know, it's got Bert Gummer, who is a char- recurring character. And, um, you know, it kind of uh, does a good job with his story if you're a fan of this, the series of Tremors. And then it also has uh, John Heater in it from Napoleon Dynamite. Oh, so cool. I, have you, I, haven't seen, I haven't seen that dude in a while. So I thought He's it was interesting to see him on there. That's, that's funny. Okay. That that more than anything makes me want to check this out. So cool, John Heater lit. All right, bro. Did you see that? Uh, Thomas Middleditch has a CBS show. What is yeah, that about? Plan B. Plan B. It comes out this week. I didn't want. Are we gonna watch on, this? No, because that's why I didn't put it on movie on the rise. It looks <laughs> like, what is, completely I, terrible. I, I had so much high hopes for Thomas Middleditch. Like what he did with Middleditch and Swartz and just like uh, that was good. Silicon Valley. Um, Silicon Valley. I'm like. Why are you going to CBS? Why? Oh, man. Chase that check? Chase that network check? I don't know. I don't know. He and Cedric, the entertainer, man. They'll be on the same night. And Schmidt. Like, I want Schmidt to leave the neighborhood. Like, Schmidt, to me, from New Girl, is too good of a, of a comedy actor to just be on CBS. Or at least get a better co- comedy show. Like, go to HBO, do a comedy, or go to Netflix. But maybe Schmidt's style of comedy fits more so on network television the laugh track sitcoms are just you know they're you're 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 losing it like a lot of the best sitcoms that are out now and you know even there's chips creek into it it's you know they don't have laugh tracks anymore so it's kind of a dying breed yeah that's a fact seinfeld you know obviously was the 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 peak but that shit's amazing but like i don't think plan b is about to be some seinfeld caliber shit with thomas middleditch and this random blonde lady like, yeah, so this is like her first thing out of Broadway for her. So good for her, but you know, good for her. But so yeah, that's all we got for movie on the rise this week. Let's get into the Mandalorian. Schubert, what do you think? Of episode one might have been the best one. Damn, you think? Um, this was the first time, and I know a lot of the other reactors and Star Wars people on, you know, I've been listening to and and talking to. We all kind of feel the same way. It's the first time where we felt as a Star Wars fan in the new age that they have listened to us. Because, mm. you know, taking Cobb Vanth, an obscure character from an interlude chapter of a Legends book, well, not technically canon book. Yeah, Aftermath. And um, putting him in the Mandalorian series and making it like, t- making it to a point where I feel like People who aren't—I'd say putting Timothy Oliphant in the role like helps non-fans understand like this, you know, who this guy is. I mean, I thought I was working. Yeah, I love Timothy Oliphant. This, I thought he was great. I thought him as Cobb Vanth was amazing. I thought the end where we see Tamar Morrison and it's like, oh, Boba Fett, fire! I thought this felt very Star Wars, very Western, like very original trilogy Star Wars, but that has to do with more Tatooine. I love just seeing the Mando go in the beginning to like Timothy Olyphant. He's talking to the bartender. Timothy walks in and he's like, yo, uh, uh, why don't you sit down? And he's like, I need that arm. And he's like, oh, I guess it's going to have to be a fight. then." Like, and they were about to just duel. And I was like, yes, let's go. But then it goes good, the bad, the ugly where they, they're going to duel, but it's like, nah, we got to go on this mission. And then I love them going on the mission to kill the, 
the dragon or whatever. With Kray the dragon. Yeah, the Kray Which is dragon. another huge uh, nod to the Star Wars fans. You know, we'll get through that as we go through the episode because, like, I know I've been, you know, I've, I've been going through the Easter eggs with it and listening to all the stuff. But so, the, you know, the episode starts off and the first little thing that, you know, you don't really come to realize until the, you know, the end credits is that John Leguizamo is the guy who plays the alien, the one-eyed alien. Oh, okay. Um, and that whole sequence was a lot of the trailer. So we did see a lot of the things in the trailer in this episode, which is very, uh, a very good feeling in my personal opinion. Like, I'm yeah, just like, we okay, good. We got coming. a lot of that out of the way. We don't know what's coming. Um, and, you know, I thought that I really liked that opening sequence with the fight. I did too. Um, you know, you get a lot of different Star Wars aliens that you haven't seen before or, you know, not before, but in a long time. Like some of the people he's fighting are actually Darth Maul's um, species. Oh, good. Um, the two people fighting are the Gamorrean guards from Return of the Jedi. So we're not, no. Love the uh, Batman move by, by Mando to pull up John Leguizamo's character by the Arkham Knightum and hang him up by the uh, light post and then let the dogs eat him. Thought that was fine. Yeah, he's oh. like, you won't, you won't die by my hand. He's like, I didn't say you were going to die. And then the lights cut off. I thought that was badass Mando, badass bounty hunter. Just great. This man with no name. Yeah, of course, you know, the baby, baby Yoda stuff with him, like closing the thing, you know, you can definitely tell that baby Yoda understands the environment that he's in. Yeah. He, he knows what's up now. Like, it's like, yeah. all right, I know I'm with this killer, but this killer won't kill me, but we, I got to protect myself when this killer's doing his thug thizzle. Cause I don't know what's going to happen to us. And so we kind of find out the whole entire plot of the beginning of this season is that he's going to seek out other Mandalorians in order to help him on his path to help find the child to reach use Jedi. Their, use their networks of communication with like what they know to find this. Well, obviously, that species. network of communication isn't too strong if you can't find any. Yeah, that's a fact. Uh, but so uh, John Leguizamo's character sends him to Tatooine. Uh, a lot of people would complain uh, going back to Tatooine, but I thought it was you know, tight. They've made every t- every you know even the time when they went to Tatooine in the last season they made it seem fresh. Um, it's a good way to tie in the old with the new. Was that pod that uh, Cobb Vanth drove his bike? Was that from Anakin's pod pod racing, or is that like it was just like a pod racing thing? I think it was pieced together. I would, you know the main part that everyone's saying reminds them of Anakin's is the like front, the, huh? the yellow the yellow part in the front. Yeah. So like I can see where he pieced together other pod pieces, and you got to remember that in that in episode one, his pod gets sold. So it's not like Anakin owns it. After yeah, that. true, 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 so true, true, true. Just floating around the world. That is true. Um, that's maybe that's too much looking into it, but it definitely gave me vibes of like just episode one, like nice. The whole entire idea that he made a speeder out of a pod racing at a pod crazy. racing engine is dope. I yeah, mean, that is fine. So dope. Bob um, Vance, such a great character. We want to see more of him. Yes. Uh, you know, we get into the the hangar. Amy Stairs' character comes back. You kind of see, like, you you, don't, you you see a little bit of Mando's growth with, like, him with the droids now. Okay, now with the droids. But yeah, but that's because of that's what happened, happened with, yeah, with IG. IG. And um, the, the first bit of Easter egg here is the droid who shows them the map the r5 unit is the r5 who had the bad motivator in the first ever movie um, i thought that was the one that sold by the jaw was that luke didn't want yeah 
And people can be like, oh, it could be any R5 unit, but like they actually have the oil stain marks from where the bad motivator was. It's actually Look at you intense. with this knowledge. That's fire. Um, so, you know, I, I didn't catch that first watch, uh, credit second watch. And, you know, of course, the Star Wars explained genius of Alex Damon and pointing that out to me. I was like, damn. Same oil spot. Oil spot. It's the exact same spot as where it happened to. So I mean, you can't just like, oh, it's just an oil spot. And they made his point to to, to zoom in on it. But anyway, so he goes to Moss Pelga Pelgo, and you know the whole riding in him riding in on his speeder. All the people like that. Reminiscence of Anakin, Anakin 2. Western vibes, reminiscence of Anakin in episode 2 where he's going to kill the the people who got his mom. Mm. Like, just loved all of that. It reminded me of Trigon, like, just Vash the Stampede rolling through the desert or or Spike in his, like, swordfish flying through the skies. Just loved all of that. Yeah, rolling into the town. We mentioned the scene in the bar, the saloon, um, which enters in the crate dragon um and you know now they have to go on that mission so they go they go seek out the layer of the crate dragon and they end up coming across the sand people yeah. first interesting note of the sand people you know we've seen the interactions between um the mandalorian and the sand people in prior episode and um you know the with sign language they actually actually a lot of the things that they used in the sand people sign language is actual BSL, not ASL. It's a uh, British Sign Language. Oh, okay. They actually brought in um, actual deaf actors to play the Sand People to be able to have proper usage of. Oh, that's cool. The sign language, which was very cool, very cool. In this John Favreau directed episode, uh, but you know, on the way, to, even before they encounter the Sand People, you find out Cobb Vance origins. You find out like that everything wasn't peaceful for everybody after the end of the second Death Star. And uh, he has to... Fight the mining companies off. Fight the mining company off. Uh, comes across the armor from Jawas. So you can only assume that the Jawas maybe... Took it from the Sarlacc pit. Or, yeah, in the Sarlacc pit or whatever. And uh, then he goes back and you know completely just kills them all. And he's just, like taking taking bullet shots, like just not even moving, just like standing there. Just, pow, 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 yeah, because he has the um, the best car. Yeah, yeah, the best car exactly. And then he goes out there, and you know some people have been comparing it to like uh, John Favreau's Iron Man shot, where like you know the guys oh, are going away and Iron Man, the- you know, blasts them. Very but, like that was. Super cool. My own, but that's my first. Are we sure? Is are we sure that Cobb Van could figure that out? I, I was, I, I was kind of like, yeah. How did he know? Bo, like, did Boba Fett's armor just do that? Like, how did he know what buttons to press? Exactly. Or what, like, and are are we sure that he can re- find a refill for that thing th- because that he uses missile. it later on? Yeah, that's a fact. That's a fact. So that 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 if if he can find a refill, uh, maybe the jaw was, but like. That 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 makes me think like how did he know first off was he doing test runs and if he did did he accidentally hit a button fired it off then had to get another one thus doing the mission a lot of questions behind that but I just well, I just spit my disbelief know. with that yeah yeah just let let it, let that one go um, but the encounter with the same people is really interesting because they you know they come across a common goal this is really the first time. And in Star Wars, you really kind of see the same people as humans, which really kind very of very reminiscent to Dune. The Dune, let me mm, tell yeah. you, the Dune storyline is simply this: it's 
It's uh Timothy uh Timothy Chalamet's character, uh um Duke Leto and uh Paul Atreides and their whole race partnering with the Fremens to go fight the other uh organization. Mandalorian and Timothy Olafan's group partner with the Sand People to go kill the Trade Dragon. Very Dune-esque. Very true. Very true. Um but yeah, like I like I was saying, like it's the first time you really humanize the Sand People because you know we've seen them get slaughtered before. They kind of seem like savages. You even go into mentioning that, but you know the the subtleties that they use with the same people uh, or that Favreau does in his direction. When the same people are entering the town, they fought, they go single file, which is to hide their numbers. It's been mentioned in previous movie. Um, so, you know, everything that was with them has been true to form, but we've just learned even more about them through the series. And I think it's really interesting that they've taken a character, like even the Jawas too, like, I feel like we've learned a lot more about the cultures of these side alien races of Tatooine that we've known for a long time, but never really known. Yeah, that's a fact. Um, so that was all really cool. They come up with the the plan to destroy the Kray Dragon. They go to get it done and executed. Uh, you know, the fun little fun the fun little scene before that though is you know they try and. D- Sacrifice the Bantha and he eats the, the yeah he eats the, the, the Tuscan Raider yeah she was fire that was a good moment I loved yeah, how at funny. first it didn't work and then like Mando has to think on his feet and he's just holding the little the the monster the holding like the little cow looking thing Bantha like, yeah. come on yeah the Bantha I mean they like the sand thing eats him and he goes inside and I'm just like oh they're pulling a classic inside the worm the beast and the thing's about to explode and sure well it didn't explode quite yet sure enough he did like some electricity shit he flew out didn't blow it, it up yeah. fire fire moment also love yeah. the the ode to Han Solo I caught this one uh, uh, where Han Solo hits Boba Fett's uh, jetpack and he zooms off Mando hits uh, Co- uh, Cobb Vance jetpack and he just zoomed off that was that's an yes. easter egg that I could pick that up that is an easter egg so um yeah so their battle well you know one thing that they mentioned also is that the cray dragon can eat a sarlacc pit that's something that is very notable when we you know eat a sarlacc yeah that's why the pit was empty yeah so that's why the pit was empty to begin with um through that fight scene it was also it was pretty cool to see like what they were trying to do they were trying to harpoon it trying to you know they hit the underbelly all, all that kind of stuff but like the having two Guys in Mandalorian armor on jetpacks flying around fighting a Kray Dragon. That it seemed nice. like every kid like me who's a Star Wars fan playing with action figures, um, it, it was like our dream come true pretty much. You know, Kray Dragon, for a lot of people who don't really understand the reference, there was like the bones were in the first movie. Mm. Um, and then he made a big play in. Um, Knights of the Old Republic. It was a like a boss mission that you had to defeat a Kray Dragon, and okay. um, by defeating a Kray Dragon, you get a giant pearl, which is why the Tuscan Raiders were holding the pearl, the pearl at, the at the end. Ah, okay, makes sense. Makes sense. That's so, cool. And I also liked how he got that big piece of meat. Yeah, and Yoda prepare for Baby Yoda. (laughs) But like, it was funny that some other people who were podcasting had said it, and I was thinking the same thing when I saw the scene with like all the meat and everything. I was like, I hope they got like a deep freezer or something. Like that meat's gonna go bad. (laughs) There's none of that. I was worried about the acid. Like I was like, is this like is this meat edible? Like are we sure? And like as much as the Tuscan Raiders wanted them to him to Cobb Van to drink that shit, I don't know if I was drinking that shit. 
Hey, is that is that yeah. is that safe for it humans? It was like cactus. I, I'm sure it was like cactus stuff. Oh, I, mean, I, didn't, like, I didn't know if it was safe for only, humans. The only way you get water in Tatooine is moisture evaporators, and Tusken Raiders don't have moisture evaporators, so that's you, know, you got to find a way to drink somehow. True, 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 true. But yeah, no uh, solid episode. Then we finish off. Copy yeah, is like, we'll, I'll see you another time, and they're like, yeah, <laughs> yeah. I mean, I, I, I assume that back. he's in the, yeah, he might come back, join the crew. Um, that we've seen with like Cara Dune and all that. And I would love to see him come back. I mean, I honestly and looking over the sunset, badass as hell. Did you think that he should have let Cobb Vamp keep the armor? I thought he should have. Um, I was like, what? Mm-mm, whatever. I think that'll. I think Cobb Vamp might get it back. I think he might get it back too. I think he, you know, it's one of those things where he's kind of like earning. His he might trust. take everything back, but the helmet. Because I like Cobb Vamp with minus helmet. Mm, yeah, that's cool. But you know, but I I wouldn't be mad if he doesn't get it back. But I I could see him. That's like a oh Boba Fett's coming after him. He needs to go get Cobb Vance help or some shit. Like you know, I still don't know how uh, Ahsoka plays in all this. But we still have to wait and see. Now that's where we can get into a little bit of speculation with the whole Boba Fett thing. So you know, we see like this character assume is Boba Fett. I'm pretty sure it is Boba Fett. When he turns but around, it's him. Well, yeah, but I mean, like you know. Tamar Morrison can be anybody. Yeah, it could be a clone. That is a clone. Yeah, true. So, but the thing that is worth noting here is, you know, he has a, um, a uh, what is a gaffy stick, which from the Tusken Raiders, but he also has a, um, a sniper rifle, which if you remember, Fennec in episode five last season was shooting at Mando. Yeah. And with the sniper rifle. So like, that's where I think that he ties into like, that whole side that scene. That girl, yeah. Yeah. Um, but if it's not Boba Fett, it could be Rex because it is bald. Um, it could Rex be... Rex bad? Doesn't he, that's necessarily mean that he's bad. I mean, that's mm-hmm. just someone looking... It's just an onlooker. We don't really have any like kind of clarification. Well, but I like, hope it's not that, that's, But that could well, tie that's, to Ahsoka. That's why I'm saying, like, the only reason I could think that you could go with that route is that it ties to Ahsoka. That's a fact. But I, this is Boba Fett. It's got to be. It's got to be Boba Fett, bro. You don't show the armor, show Tamar Morrison, and it's not Boba. But I love this episode. 50 minutes, because it wasn't 52. They had three to two minutes of credit. But 50 minutes, solid. Do you think we're getting 50 minutes this week? You know, know you want to say no. I, we're about to get I don't th- 30. No, I don't think we're going to get under 30 ever. Okay. Um, I think... I think now we're going to be sitting around the 40 range. I'm not mad at that. That's solid. That's okay. But, um, yeah, I mean, I, th- I thought that this episode hit on all, in all levels. Like, you know, it, it gave us, me. it gave us like your big reveal at the end, uh, gives you, you know, obscure fight. references, good, good fight. New um, furthers, uh, the Mandalorian story a little bit. Good you, you thematic can see vibes. You can even see his growth a lot, in it, and I think that he's going to develop. You know, in in past things, he probably would have just killed the guy, or he wouldn't like have helped that town. And even you know, to even sacrifice himself and be like, "Hey, you know, the baby, I can trust you the baby with him. you." Like, yeah, that shows how much he respects Cobb Van. That's why I'm like, "Yo, he got to come back." Like, that's a fact. But nah, this episode's sure. great. If if these episodes stay like this, Mando maybe might be pushing for one of the best shows of the year. But he has it. It has a lot of competition with the boys in uh, Gangs of London. Let me just say that. And Lovecraft. So, like, Mando got to do some stuff. But this first episode, I'd say was like an 
8, 8.7, maybe even 8.9. Yeah, I mean, like I said, I think that this was one of their best episodes that they have done so far. Um, it's one of those yeah, things nine. where um, you see some shows that pick up, like the Titans is a good example. You know, Titans put up, put out what they put out in season one, kind of like, you know, test the waters, feel it out. Try to come and back you come hard. come in season two, you come, you come hard. So, I mean, like, that's kind of what I'm seeing out of what Mando's going to try and that's do here. You know, we might get a little bit longer episodes. Uh, we're going to tell some really intricate stories that are going to further along the plot. You know who I wish also, could come back? Bill Burr's assassin. I think he can. Is, I thought he was dead. No, remember? He is in the oh, yeah, prison. He's in the prison. I want him to come back. He was up with his little gun that came. You didn't fuck with that, but his little two. Bow, bow, bow. He had the one over his shoulder. That shit was fire. <laughs> you thought Imperial that was too our shooter. world. That's not saying much. <laughs> I was not a stormtrooper, wise ass. <laughs> that shit was fire. Oh, man, I'm, I'm digging Mando. Solid, 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 solid to be back. To be back. No, def- definitely solid. I mean, we'll see what we can do down the line with maybe talking about it a little sooner. Um, but I am um, when I first saw clicked on the episode and I saw that it was gonna be called the Marshall, I I, I knew it was Timothy Old. Yeah, I was I freaked out. I was like, oh my god. We're getting Timothy Old right off the bat. One. Yeah, I thought he was more like episode four, but it makes sense because if we're gonna get a Soka, we gotta knock some of this shit out early. We gotta knock out whatever they're trying to do with Tamar Morrison and all this other shit. We gotta knock that shit out early. Cause I think that's a three or episode three or four kind of thing. Yeah, because the Jedi shit is coming. Like that is coming, and they gotta lay the groundwork. Like episode two, he should get closer to finding. Like he he should episode two should be like he hears of Ahsoka. Like he goes meet Cara Dune and like and maybe like Carl Weathers and like he's trying to get intel and he hears of Ahsoka, but he goes to the wrong place or some shit like that. Start the search. And I think. You know, I think the at least the next two episodes are going to be revolving around like him trying to seek out the other Mandalorians. Like maybe in the next episode, he finds someone that can give him a little bit more direction. Yeah, true. That is true. Um, He's trying to search the Mandos. You are right about that. So, like, I feel like that's going to be along the way. You know, uh, with Sasha Banks's character, I feel like is someone that could also pop in here and maybe the second or third episode because we have seen her in the trailer and I feel like the trailer stuff is early. Yeah, the early shit. No, you're right. That's why I'm saying Carl, Reed, Carl Weathers and uh, Cara Dune got to be early too. I'm thinking three. I don't think, think they're going to be back this week because I, th- I still think he's like doing his little solo mission right now. So like I feel but, like... But he doesn't know where to go to find Mandos now. So who do he, he has to hit up some of his contacts and that that's a contact. That's true. That's true. He, he and we also, you the, know, he's not going to go to the armor because he doesn't know where she is. Well, eventually he's going to come across Katie Sackhoff. That's true too, Bo-Katan. So, yeah. I feel like that's going to be something to do with that kind of culminating to find the the main. That might be once he finds them. I feel like that's that's when he finds them. That that's like the but whole. I, but I feel like that's who's going to introduce him to Ahsoka. Oh, good point. Good point. That's interesting. That is interesting because she, especially because of the Clone War stuff, how she did the like the Mando thing. I mean, Ahsoka knows Bogotan. Like, yeah, yeah, true, 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 true. Interesting. I'm look. I'm hype. I'm hype. I'm ready for episode two, man. I'm hype. I also think that Bogotan coming in, it's gonna be. She's gonna be like, okay, well, I'll give you the information, but you have to help me get the dark saber from. Moff Gideon. Yo, that's a good that's a good call. I could definitely see that happening. Like, yo, we gotta get this from Moff Gideon. Like, we gotta get this back to our people. And he could get it. Like he he'll be the wielder. Like, cause he's got he could be because he wins it. I'm look, 
I'm hyped. I'm hyped. The season has a lot of stuff I'm I'm looking forward to. But yeah, that kind of wraps things up for our Mandalorian conversation. Yeah, there's definitely gonna be more to talk about. I, I just wish that they kind of gave you like a sneak peek into the next week so that we could get, have a little bit more of what we were gonna speculate on. But yeah, as we as we can progress, there's gonna be less and less that we can assume is going to happen. So be able to narrow that down. But I, I'm I'm super excited about this show, man. It's a been a a long time. Yep. So you guys can follow me at LimbyWT. Follow Bros Who Think at Bros Who Think. Be sure to check out my five reasons why you should watch Gangs of London on the YouTube. Be sure to subscribe to the YouTube. A new, well, there's a new Bros Who Think out now. There'll be a new one again out on Monday and a new anime talk out on Tuesday. Trying to remember this new schedule, but stay up to date by following the Bros Who Think Twitter to know everything that's coming down the pipeline. But yeah, man. Glad to be back. Uh, oh, Late Nights with Lynn. Check it out. By the time you guys hear it, we'll, it'll be happening today at 7. Uh, and then on Friday, don't know the Friday time yet, but it'll be happening Friday. Probably if Schubert comes on, we can talk some Mando, bro. It's possible. Do a little watch party. I need a guest for Friday. Yeah, I could possibly get in on that. I just got to make sure I, I can watch the the show. I didn't even get a chance to watch it on Friday until late night. Yeah, I didn't watch it till Saturday. I was kind of glad that we had this review because, like, I half watched it Saturday, finished it today. So, like, it, I needed the, I needed the time to between. But glad to be back binging. Yeah, I'm surprised that it didn't get spoiled for you, or maybe it did. It but didn't. Like, the only thing I like, it didn't because I watched halfway, so I knew that like. Like, it was funny, like, when, because I couldn't watch it early on or at midnight or whatever the heck. And, like, you know. Oh, it's probably out right I now. To, I had to get my girlfriend. Oh, no, today's Thursday. Never mind. I had to get my girlfriend. I was like, so what's going on on Twitter? Because I can't get, I can't turn it on. Like, I just, can't. Not at all. I got to mute words like that. But, you know, hype. Hype to see what's, what's coming. I thought it was out now. But, no, it'll be out this time tomorrow. tomorrow. I mean, this time today. Like, yeah, in 24 hours. Yeah. All right, well, um, that's it for this episode of the Bros Who Binge Podcast, episode 109. And I uh, hope everyone out there is um, staying safe, doing well. Um, it's, you know, definitely crazy time in America now, so, you know, hope everyone is, uh, is doing all right. I hope that this show was a good release from the, the election week coverage, and um, I hope that you stay with us next week as we keep talking Mando. For Lyndon Burton, my name is Adam Schubert. Thanks for listening, and as always, keep binging. Binging.